I have been in and out of appointments today. So I'm still warming up. So I am going to be this cozy today. Well, you have those big windows there, you know, and uh, they probably let the cool in. Hi, Bree. How are you? Hi. Good to see everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year, if y'all didn't already say it. No, <laughs> we were still discussing jackets. Well, we need them. Happy New Year's. I just came back from a, a property that was like on an acreage. And you know, when you're out in the country, it's so windy and cold. So I'm still warming up to the room. Uh, hey, it's cold outside. For us, Texans, <laughs> we don't do well with the cold, okay? Yeah, we're Texans. We like our heat. <laughs> so um, welcome, guys. Uh, Rosie, Roger, and Bree from Rivet Real Estate. It's Thursday. Live Texas market update. And uh, we are going to just right jump into it. Roger, take it away. Oh, okay, great. And um, so really glad to be here. And I'd just like to reiterate a few things before we start. And that is that the goal, the goal is that we become uh, better in tune with where to put our money, how to invest and grow personally. Because, uh, you know, if you read the greatest books in the world, they all talk about forming the identity. Having the identity of an investor just makes investing that much easier. So I think investing is one of those things that you have to grow personally in order to become great at. And one of those live examples for us, one of those examples that stare us in the face when we think about that is uh, the legacy of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And so I would like to, uh, you know, I know my, my panelists here are probably uh, just, you know, really excited about that topic too, because these are people that we can learn from. Who hasn't heard a Charlie Munger quote that we aren't, don't feel inspired by, right? So um, I do have a PDF and we're gonna make it available to everybody here. I'll see about uh, check in with the staff that maybe they can attach this PDF along with the email that goes out. And uh, if you're not on our email list, now's the perfect time to uh, you know mm -hmm. reach out to us and get on the email list because there's such great valuable information in there that you'll love. So if you haven't already, please subscribe, like, and I don't know, Bree says something about the bell. What do you say about the bell, Bree? I don't know. My nephew said, hit that little bell. I don't hit know what that, that means, little bell. but you know, I'm trying to be a <laughs> it cool means, It means subscribe. Uh, okay, okay. All right, <laughs> well, we got the lingo down. For Learn sure. something I, new. I'm a millennial, guys, right? I'm not Gen Z. How do we know these? You know, um, no comments. No comments. Um, by the way, I'm saying uh -huh. well, <clears throat> I was just thinking about Roger was saying about like having the identity of an investor and you know, um talking about different things. I'm reading a book and I have it dog-eared right here because mm -hmm. I was reading this and it applies to anyone in business, but I was even thinking like this really applies to anyone who's looking to invest too, because you know, too often I think you want to invest in something, right? And you think, oh my gosh, I have to do all this research before I can invest. Like it's a lot of money that I'm spending. I have to know anything and everything about all of Austin market, right? So there's two things that I said or I saw, which was really interesting. Number one, are you more concerned with your effort or your effectiveness? Mm. Or people that are investors, right? 
they can say that they can go look at Zillow, Trulia, Redfin, Realtor, the stuff that we're sending them all day, every day, right? But is that really effective to them? Wouldn't it be more effective to lean on trusted advisors like your expert real estate agents who are actually sending you properties, pulling properties for you on a weekly basis and have a very detailed spreadsheet that shows you where the numbers are for you to make that informed decision. So that was one thing that I saw. And then um, the same kind of thing. Are you more concerned with your activity or your results? We can go to all the investor meetings in the world. We can uh, read as much as we want to about the market and what's going on. We can listen to the podcast, right? But are you taking action on that? Are you... Are you reaching out to us and or your, you know, your trusted real estate advisor and moving the ball forward, moving the needle forward and getting into investment opportunities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I love amazing. that book. I'm going to have to steal it from you after you're done. Yeah, <laughs> you can take it. I'll I'll give it. You. Okay. What is it called? Uh, it's called High Trust Selling. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Nice books. You know, um, I was just in um in a Zoom call the other day and uh, they were talking about um to this business owner who went to this seminar and uh, they said, we went to the seminar, but you know, they didn't talk about what I wanted to hear. They kept on talking about making relationships, making uh, connections, having your high uh, quality vendor list. And it was fascinating to me, the response he got, you know, like sometimes too often, uh, it happens more often than I like to see. Mm-hmm. People are looking for one-on-one answer. I asked this question and I just want an answer for that. And I think they fail to realize how everything is interdependent on each other. And uh, real estate is just like that. You know, when you are wanting to look at a property and say, hey, uh, I have, I wish I, like, I'm actually going to make it much simpler. Bri, I think you, you said the very first thing is... Um, Effective and effort. What was the second thing you shared again? Let me find it again. You know, my memory is not that great. <laughs> you know, your brain gets fried after negotiating X number of contracts. Yeah, you balance so many things. As you, you guys, short-term memory. That's why I can say anything to her. She forgets it by tonight. Effort or effectiveness. And the other one is, are you more concerned with your activity or your results? Mm. Yes. Yes. So I remember Brie and I talked about this on Monday, right? Brie, we were discussing the books we read and everything. You know, they talk about this tool concept by Charlie Munger. He said, the tool that you don't have and you're not paying for it, you already are paying for it and you don't have it. No. So the house or the investment that you don't have and you think you're not paying for it, you're already paying for it and you don't have it. Now, what does that mean to you guys? Well, I'd love, I love that quote, actually. It's because if you think about it, I, I honestly, truly believe this with all my heart, that most people that have only their residence that they're living in and that's the only piece of real estate they own, they can literally be liberated if they own, if they make three additional decisions in real estate, if they buy three additional properties in their lifetime, um, I believe that'll leave them in a much better situation financially. And it's not that hard to do. So Charlie Munger talks about that. He says like, you know, you don't have to go out there and do hundreds of transactions. You just have to do a few of them right. So 
I feel like the the investment that they can make is in just buying one additional piece of real estate. I think everybody has this idea that they need to go buy all of this real estate or they got to climb Mount Everest. But if they just bought the one piece of real estate and they moved on it, um, it would do something substantially impactful for their retirement. And it would be that tool in their pocket later on in their lives, you know, versus not having it at all. And so that's, uh, I don't know how many families I've helped in my career and spoken to people where they, they just said they were in their retirement years and this is their biggest regret. I wish I would have bought more real estate. I, I spoke to a family that, and they just their conversation stuck in my head. And uh, I remember this this woman. Uh, I just like pulled over for gas or whatever, and we got to talking. She owned a mobile home, and she said, "I always nagged at my husband to buy some real estate, like move from the mobile home and buy a house. We were in a financial situation; we could have done it, but we were living out on ten acres, and we didn't make the decision. And today, real estate prices are sky high." And we don't have anything to show for it. So that tool, they never went out and got it and they ended up paying big for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still getting over you calling us panelists, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So without further ado, if you don't guys mind, I know where our conversation is going to uh, run deep on these, on these quotes because they're so impactful. So I'd like to go and share my screen now. All right, so it says, um, go to bed smarter than you woke up. I'm just gonna read the first 10. There's there's 50 here, or I'm gonna read the first five or six, but you guys will have access to this. And uh, believe it or not, the reason why I'm sharing this is he's a January 1st baby. He was born on New Year's and we're celebrating New Year's. And I think that we can make it a tradition on our, on our uh, uh, webinar here that we do Charlie Munger quotes on the first of the year. We just celebrate his birthday. So. Uh, go to bed, bed smarter than you woke up. Choose clients as you would friends. This is my favorite one. And uh, because I do see all of you as family members, even though we haven't met personally, I love and adore each one of you. And uh, we want to win by you. So this is really important to each one. And of he them. wants to go on. He wants to go on dinner or lunch with all of you. So hit him up. Oh, my God. I would love to. <laughs> I'd love to. So um, number three, all I want to know is where I'm going to die. So I never go there. Uh, number four, remember that reputation integrity are your most valuable assets and can be lost in a heartbeat. This is my son's favorite quote. His grandma emphasized it to him when he was a kid. He said, grandma used to say that. So I really think that's a special one for me as well. And uh, if it is wisdom you're after, you're going to spend a lot of time on your ass reading. Um, number six, I did not succeed in life by intelligence. I succeeded because I have a long attention span. So for those of us that don't watch the videos, are not looking at the emails, aren't sorting through the properties of which ones we, we can buy, or not engaging with us in the conversations, I think this one applies to us, right? So um, number seven, we have a passion for keeping things simple. Number eight, people calculate too much and think too little. Number nine, let me know what your problem is and I'll try to make it more difficult for you. Number 10, the tax code gives you an enormous advantage if you can just find some things you can just sit with. So 
those are I could read on right these are really good and so, which one sticks out to you the most I think um, they were more about working with a team and I think those got kind of buried in there but uh please yeah, we're gonna have more chances like i want to kind of uh go open up a little bit more about that mm -hmm. brie which one does it stick out to you and roger which one for you like i would love for y'all to speak on some of these and share your perspective i'd love to hear brief i really like number six i did not succeed in life by intelligence i succeeded because i have a long attention span oh. how did that resonate with you you know i I think too often everyone or myself, we always think like we have to know everything before we can do something or we need to know more before we can take action. But if you can just take action and then sit on it, right, and continue to do things, be consistent, be disciplined with those actions that you're doing, that opens up the door for you to succeed in multiple ways whatever whatever you're putting your focus and attention on you're going to have success in it wow that's fascinating i love it and so many people you, I need, um yeah real quick on on Bree's part where she's talking about didn't succeed by intelligence and i think uh, it happens in our real estate world too like the information is so readily available that people think that they need to know everything. And um, people who have actually succeeded are the ones who spent a long attention span on doing their one thing rather than just knowing about everything. So intelligence is the paralysis. Um, mine is go to bed smarter than when you woke up. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I literally get um, a little like, anxious withdrawal kind of feeling like if I go to bed and I haven't solved a problem or I haven't felt like I have capped the potential for today like I'm not saying every day you feel 100% there are days you probably would be just 30% of who you really are right but I want to be able to explode that 30% all the way if I end up just finishing my day where I feel like I had still another 10% to give in the in my 30% the day I'm not feeling like it I go to sleep feeling like um, I didn't do, I didn't earn my key, right? So I feel like going to bed smarter than you woke up, one good book to read, one good message to hear, one problem to solve, uh, one conversation that I could have had that I didn't have, or um, just like doing the things that you sometimes just can avoid. And, uh, you know, I, I recently listened to the podcast by, David Goggins and Andrew Huberman. And David Goggins talks a lot about how he didn't grow up as the smartest kid. He used to stutter. He couldn't memorize stuff. He grew up with trauma, had a rough childhood, right? And he says that he feels sorry for no one because quite frankly, he said, the way I have it, if I can still make it, then anyone of y'all can make it. So they talk about like Andrew Huberman was also very open about how sometimes you fall into this thing like, hey, it's 12.30, you know what? I'm just going to start at 12.45. You know, it's 12.45, I'm just going to start at 1, 1 p.m. You know what? Like 10 more minutes at 1.10, right? And David Goggins said, he said, I can't do that. He said, you can afford to do that, but I can't afford to do that. He said, because I know it's going to take me a lot more effort to accomplish the same thing that you are going to probably do it in 15 minutes 
I cannot wait till one o'clock. If I see it, I need to start now, right? And being that person myself where I have pushed the clock by 15 minutes, I don't think there is any joy in pushing things. Things only became more overwhelming. It became more uh, complicated for no reason. I feel like just knocking things out the park as they come your way is great. And, and even real estate investing, right? You can put it off, put it off, put it off. But the question is, are you one property wealthier before today than you woke up? Are you going to bed one property wealthier? So yeah. that's it for me. Or one step closer. You know, there's a there seems to be a recurring theme between um, yours and Breeze. And I think that is that if you could have anyone reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? What would what would it be? What would it look like? Like if we can just humanize it for a second, like if somebody was curious and they didn't really have a question, they don't know where to start. They're just kind of have a thought in the back of their mind, buying real estate's a good idea. What would you say their next step should be? What the, if they don't even have a question to ask you first, what, how can they get a hold of you? Second, what do they get a hold of you about? If there's really no burning question in the back of their mind, like everybody knows you're supposed to get real, have buy real estate, but like, I have one answer to that. I want to do this thumbs up thing too. I know mine isn't doing that. Where's mine? I'm not doing that. Um, number one, pick up a pen and a paper. Write down everything that you don't have an answer for. Let's make a list of it. You don't have all the information. That's what's holding you back. Let's make a list of everything that's holding you back. Mm. Is it money? Is it time? Is it fear? Is it spousal uh, support? Is it children? Is it your current debt? Is it market? Is it lending? What is it? That's Rose, it. I think I know what my quote is that I like most on that list. And it's, let me know what your problem is and I'll try to make it more difficult for you. Yeah, you're good at that. No, I mean, it really speaks to what you're saying because <laughs> you're, what, what, you're, what you're saying is, um, write a list of questions down of what you have, you know, and it's so easy for us to talk ourselves out of it is what I'm hearing from that. Right. But now if they want to contact you, can they just shoot you a tax? Should they, yeah. you? should they email you? you yeah. do, we, all, all our channels are open all the time. You just send us and we'll make it happen. Text us at 512-630-0306. Bree? 512. 501 4010. Yes. Yeah. And guys, this could be a, this could be a simple text like, um, I don't know where to start. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, y'all don't even have to write any sort of list of what you have a question on. You can literally shoot me a text and say, Hey Brie, I want to talk to you. I I'm thinking I want my I might want to invest. We can have an easy conversation. We can talk about all the things, 20, 30 minutes five, 10 minutes, right? And we can go over what does it entail to invest? What are your goals? You don't know your goals? Let's do it together. We'll make it really easy for you. So that's why we have that. Brie. That's why we have Brie. She makes it nice. She makes it pleasant. But with me, you're going to have to make a list. I really want to make sure that I understand what is it that is getting in your way. And if you don't, you're not ready for that list, you can always reach out to Brie first. 
and then we make that list and then I can jump on the call. Because... All right, so you can reach out to me. My cell number is 512-796-9395. And uh, if you feel like you don't want to, you know, the girls are busy and they're, you know, out showing property and they're negotiating and doing all of this difficult work, but you want to have a conversation before the conversation, then reach out to me. Some of my friends have been wanting to buy real estate for so long and they've been wanting to add properties to their portfolio. And I'm even kind of a little embarrassed to tell you guys how long they've been sitting on the sidelines, but it's just about taking action that, and some of them sat for a long time. And Raj, I have a question. Trigger, right? Uh, how, how do you make the problem difficult? How do you make the problem difficult? Like Charlie say? Yeah. Like how does it resonate with you? The Okay. So it's resonating me with me like this because we can make it as difficult as possible. So Charlie also, one of his later quotes, I'm going to misquote this, but he says that, um, you know, business doesn't require any difficult math, any high level math. It, it requires math, but not a high level math. And so if you really want to make it difficult, you can, uh, I think, stay in your head. Like, what's it really going to cost me? How's it going to work out? Uh, can I really afford it? And then you can just loop, loop those thoughts back, back around. So let's suppose I'm one of your clients and I come to you and say, Hey, um, I don't have the money saved up uh, to buy an investment property. How are you going to make that problem more difficult for me? I think I'm going to ask you to speak to a lender so that <laughs> they can, so they can really set the bar for you on how much money you need to save because we don't know how much money we need to save for a down payment. We don't have a clear target, right? So once we've had that conversation, because a lot of people are probably thinking, well, I already own my primary residence. I don't know what kind of interest rate I'm going to get on my next property. I don't know what the down payment's going to be. Well, I'll make it a little more difficult for you to speak with the lender. But and you know, it seems just... difficult. It's just one little thing you got to do, right? I was just thinking about that quote and then I pulled up the quote that says um, people calculate too much and think too little. We mm -hmm. can do all the calculations in the world and say, we need this amount of money. And uh, then someone might say, oh, well, I don't have that amount of money, but they're not thinking about maybe the long-term gain mm -hmm. there. You know, you're only thinking of what I don't have right now, not what is this going to look like 10 years from now, 15 years from now? You know, I can't tell you. How many times my <laughs> grandparents have said, when I was younger, I bought property for $50,000 or $75,000, and they are just outraged at the prices the way they are now. Mm -hmm. And then I think, well, when I'm a grandma, am I going to be saying that to my grandchildren and saying, when I was younger, properties were 400,000, 500,000. <laughs> and that's going to be in the millions. You know, like, am I going to think that? That's such a good point. I love that. So that's how you make it difficult by actually letting them know what it's costing them for more not making a decision. You know, like how more, how much more difficult it is going to be to do it later. Mm. You know, like right now you think getting $60,000 to the table is difficult and you're not coming up with the strategies that we are sitting on day in, day out. Uh, let's have a conversation on how, Brie, when was the last time uh, people came to you and said, you know what? Wow, I'm so glad I waited. Now I need so much less money to buy a property. Never. Never. That's probably what it means. But people have told me, 
Brittany, why didn't you make me buy more properties back then? <laughs> oh, that's true. So on that note, Roger, what you got for us today? Okay, so first off, I want to take a little survey just from you guys and the viewers. I would love to hear it in the comments. What was your holiday season like? What did you know notice at the stores? Uh, are people out there shopping? Was it busy? Was it slow? Because the experience I had on the retail side was, uh, you know, waiting in long lines. And uh, I remember going to the domain and I, I just turned around. I was like, what the heck? This is the lane. The, the line was so long. People were out buying presents. And so uh, I think that's a great indicator. You know, the reports come out way after, but I think it's a great indicator of how healthy our economy is and how much retail is happening. So Bree, Rosie, did y'all notice people at the stores? I didn't see no recession. I saw people calling <laughs> up, the, emptying the shelves, the buying gifts and money. I think like, I said, where's the recession at? Yeah. That I keep hearing about. I think it's all in digital recession. Were you? Same. I mean, it was long lines. You would, I was looking for gifts that were supposed to be there and weren't there, you know, and we walked into Target. I had never seen Target that busy. And we were like still two weeks early. Okay. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen the stores that busy. I was like, oh my, I was like, where, why is everyone here at Target today? Yeah, exactly. So first off, I just want to say a special thank you to CoStar and Awesome Business Journal for making this news available. Definitely go check those people out. They they put out reputable news and I think you guys could benefit from it. And, uh, and I'll definitely share the headlines here with you now. So uh, the big question mark and the thing that was all over the news today was, is the Dallas Mavericks, uh, well, the Dallas Mavericks are buying more real estate. The company that bought them from Las Vegas, the casino owners are continuing buying more, more real estate in Dallas. And so the big question is, are we going to see casinos? And um, on that note, uh, we also have a company called CRH, which is investing over $2 billion on concrete and cement assets. They just bought a plant in New Braunfels. Um, and they're also very... Uh, optimistic about Houston and Dallas markets too. So this is a real bullish on the Texas construction industry. Uh, MLSA Ventures, a, it's a local firm. They raised $20 million to buy uh, hotels of all sorts. Mainly they want uh, value add properties. And this comes as hotels are generating record profits. So, um, and you're probably wondering, you know, uh, I think it leads into our next piece here is that the Austin Bergstrom Airport increased its flights by 42%, while at the same time, Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Detroit, and Philadelphia had 10,000 fewer flights. So this is a phenomena that's local here to our economy, and there's no better buy time to buy real estate. Austin uh, rated as the top city amongst U-Haul moves. College Station was voted number six, Austin was number nine, and Conroe number uh, 16. California continues being the place where most people are leaving. And, um, you know, guys, I really think that the the U-Hauls, I mean, a little bitter here because we scored, we were number five, but, you know, number one, number five was the difference. Um, anyways, so new grocery stores are continuing coming here. This was a new segment that we had in our last video. It continues being a theme, and I think it's really important. So there's Desi Brothers, which is a Mediterranean and Indian grocery store. They're taking up 48,000 square feet. Sprouts has six locations across our Austin Hill Country region. The vice president of their real estate department said 
they can easily expand to 12. They can sustain 12 stores. So that means another six grocery stores potentially. H-Mart, so while you're on Burnett, you're having a few drinks, hanging out with your friends, you're partying, you can now go shop at H-Mart on Burnett. How cool is that? Um, for those of you locally here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Burnett, such a happening area. And now they're having an H-Mart there. So you have best of both worlds. Uh, you won't have to eat out. You can save your money and buy real estate and you know enjoy a few drinks with your friends, right? So 20% of all new retail that was taken up last year or introduced in the marketplace was owned by HEB, the number one employer in our city in San Antonio as well. So with over 20,000 jobs created in the, in, in the marketplace. So Hutto has 250 acres set aside for mixed use. They're more than likely gonna need some uh, space occupied by grocery stores and Spicewood area. And we have the Brody Oaks uh, $1 billion project. And I was reading the articles and people are really hoping for Whole Foods or something fancy to come out that way. So for your Whole Food fans, uh, keep a lookout. Whole Foods is a local Austin company. So I think HEB, Whole Foods, they're both, you know, great companies. Um, now, Whole Foods was a lot better before, but I won't get into it. <laughs> uh, before being bought out by Amazon, right? So, okay, uh, there's a, the, the new Samsung factory delays production schedule was a big headline. And I think it was confusing. So a lot of people uh, that aren't local to our area, they're putting out this news article and it made it seem like it was a, a you know, scare tactic, right? That uh, Samsung isn't gonna open their plan or they're delaying, uh, they're delaying opening a plan or whatever. But I can guarantee you this, if you're in this region, they are moving forward. There's no way that they cannot move forward. They have to move forward. There's so many cranes out there. There's so much construction happening that the only way is forward. And so I just wanna reiterate that here. So if you're gathering headlines from somewhere, I don't want you guys to be misguided by that. Uh, the Austin plant currently employs 4,400 people and Taylor is gonna be much more significant in headcount uh, as it pertains to that. Not only are they gonna continue with Taylor, they're also thinking of expanding to 10 more fabrication uh, plants. So don't be misguided by the headlines. Make sure that you tap into a reputable source and uh, as, as the ones I mentioned earlier. So Samsung pumped $4.2 billion into our local economy just last year. And um, Tesla's up to something in Hutto. It's kind of hush-hush. They're really not saying a whole lot, but they seem to be occupying some space out there. Uh, and uh, we'll bring you the news as it comes in, fresh off the press, right? Uh, and Tesla currently has 20,000 employees. They're planning on tripling that. So we're talking about 60,000 employees. And I don't even know how to like cognitively imagine this, but they're occupying 10 million square feet. I don't know how to like cognitively imagine 10,000 square feet, but that's what they're occupying currently in Del Valley. And um, moving on, Frisco has a new ice cream spot called Dumont. It's an Indian ice cream parlor. The Dallas area is home to over 220,000 Indians. Uh, growing from 3.8% to 7.5% just in a decade. I can tell you last night I went out to eat with my son and 70% of the people in the restaurant were Indian. So 
<laughs> I'm Indian, so I thought I'd share that with you guys. Uh, so, they're, they're, they're moving for the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really nice. I think we should go check it out. Uh, UT is renovating the Microelectronics Research Center at JJ Pickle. They're spending about 178, 75 million there. I was there just last week, uh, a few days back, and I was looking over and I was seeing all these structures being erected. It's really cool. If you have the domain, just take a glance across the street, you'll see it. And uh, this was guys where Austin became Austin. Like uh, the JJ Pickle campus is so significant to Austin history. Um, there was this competition that was going on across the country at that time in 1983, where they were awarding a city the, this like this this opportunity, which brought in anywhere thir between thirty and seventy million dollars a year, uh, and what they were trying to do was launch a program basically that would counter Japan's efforts into moving into the next generation of computing. So uh, it was a it was an a, uh, an effort amongst many industry leaders coming together. And what the beautiful thing about this city is, and I get chills mentioning this, is it took civic, civic uh, leaders, it took small business leaders, like, you know, we love local here in Austin, and it took the small shop owner as well as the big business to root for this and really come together. And so a lot of our local leaders, not just of Austin, but Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, they went down there and they, they, uh, a lot of them were stepping outside of their comfort zone. They never dealt with anything like this before. It was like over 50 cities that were competing for this. And we were at the bottom of the list at that time. And one of the reasons why we were awarded this opportunity uh, was because UT had such a, a, a huge endowment. Currently, UT is the number one endowment university. It goes back and forth, but they, they have more money than uh, Harvard University, you know, depending on the price of oil uh, because they own a lot of real estate in West Texas. And so uh, this is really important because it's a research university and there was a lot of talent here. And so the, the, the defense sector, it was the defense and uh, I forget what else, but it was the defense sector that came together basically. And they felt like Austin was going to be that place where they could make that bet. And they did it in the JJ Pickle campus for a lot of you that don't know. So a little bit of history on Austin there. And uh, ERCOT is looking to uh, find solutions around the power grid. So we don't have that little mishap we had a few years back, but there's a lot of bureaucracy, right? As soon as uh, the electricity is transmitted across state lines, somehow that creates a uh, it constitutes a different set of rules. And so they're figuring out how they can have a, a constant current flowing. And somehow that's supposed to be the loophole that they can do. And they have a lot of cooperation in that right now. So uh, relocations, Austin was number one city with 66 re uh, relocations between the year 2018 and 2023. And more companies moved to Austin than any other city in the US. I think that's substantially good news. And if you're thinking about investing, it's headlines like these that just really empower me to be optimistic about the future and buy more real estate myself. So uh, last but not least, San Antonio plans on adding 1,300 hotel rooms in the next wow. two years, right? 
It's really big, powerful news in the next three years. That's what they added in the past 10 years. Uh, that's just what they're going to do in this next three years. I'm really excited. And so what they're finding is downtown San Antonio is becoming all about multifamily, about hotels, restaurants, and retail. There's not a whole lot of office going in there. And so uh, CoStar Co coined it the Central Living District. So for those of you visiting San Antonio next time, maybe you can put that lens on and see what's really going on. You can maybe get a measure for commerce and see how it's being impacted in that area. And that, my friends, is the news. Raji, I have a question. Yes. So with this news of San Antonio adding 1,300 hotel rooms in just the next three years, what are we thinking about investing in the San Antonio area? Maybe Rose. Great as well. question. Great question. So um, I feel like anytime hospitality is coming in, hospitality is basically an indicative of commerce coming to the city, right? You're hosting outside people for a short-term, long-term stay, right? And if there is uh, economic de development going on in a city, uh, naturally more people are about to get jobs. Um, for, like we come from hospitality. Did we lose each other? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, we're here. <clears throat> okay, so um, we come from hospitality industry and anytime um, hospitality does better or new hotels are brought into a, a city, it's because the current hotel is, hotels are a capacity, right? So they are able to distribute the market share. So if a hotel runs at 67% occupancy, it's considered a fairly good operation. And anytime hotels start running at 80, 90% occupancy, it's time to bring another one in. So when they're bringing 1,300 additional home properties, rooms to the market, clearly they are seeing the overflow. Now, the question is, who are the people who are feeling the need to stay temporarily, right? People come here for, look at the, the, the entertainment that Texas is attracting. Like we just talked about Dallas Mavericks wanting to open casinos, right? Oklahoma City has hotels that run on casinos. People go there just to gamble and have fun, right? Um, or you can be cheap rear like me and don't even spend a dollar and you can go through whole casino and make a bet with your brother-in-law. <laughs> I bet you, you're going to be so lured by the machines. <laughs> um, that's not the point. The point basically is that hospitality- You know what? If you, if I think you'll agree with me. Wouldn't you say that the people who are staying downtown in those newer hotels are people that have money? Yeah. 100%. Right. 100%. So you have the river walk, you're getting a hotel. So there's, we're going to segment this, right? So you're going to have the leisure and the leisure people have money to spend. So they're on the river walk, they're spending money, they're there for a vacation, right? Then you have this other segment that are there for work. And if your hotel, if your um, company is picking up the bill for you to stay at a JW Marriott or a nicer property, then, or a brand new constructed property near the river walk, I think that's a, uh, we're talking about a different demographic. So a higher paying wage, maybe a tech sector, maybe people yeah. that make decisions, right? So I would say that that's uh, also indicative of a lot of growth there. Like what is it, you know, we're not talking about small business. We're talking about big business. Those big companies like uh, that give you the, uh, the, the American Express card to charge up. The, those companies are the ones bringing this talent in. So I think that when I used to work for consulting, um, I remember like 15 years ago, 
And we were using our Amex cards to go to small towns like Roanoke, Virginia. It's because the current companies were hiring high intelligence to revamp their systems. And the reason they were having to revamp the systems is because their business was improving. They needed more optimization in their operations, right? So more hospitality only means more people. You cannot have hotels if there is no existing commerce. That's like number one rule of building hospitality, to look at the traffic count on the highway. The yeah, these people are really smart. They're really smart. They're looking at a lot of feasibility numbers. study on this. Yeah. Before they wreck this hotel, you know, they're going to really think about uh, the, the current situation. So it could be that, you know, look, at, at San Antonio Airport's expanding too. They're spending over a billion dollars on expanding. We have uh, Austin Bergstrom that's expanding. I think people might come to Austin, make a day trip to San Antonio. And we're expecting our population, you know, to merge. Austin and San Antonio is one big city. And I think it's a good bet to buy real estate there, without a doubt. Awesome. Makes sense. Perfect. Cool. Guys, I love you all, but I won't be here next week. But uh, I'm going to miss each and every one of y'all a lot. But I don't think these guys are going to let you all miss me. They're very smart by themselves. Enjoy Roger and Bree next week. And uh, Bree, if you have properties, feel free to check. I'm going to have to exit. Quite frankly, I have an appointment lined up. So I love you guys. See you later. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Rosie. Bye. Bye. Bye.